All right, so you want to roll to see who's going to introduce us? That sounds good. All right. What do you got, a 20 sider? I got a 20 right here. All right. I rolled a 15. All right, I'll go next. I got a 19. Ooh, Tim. Tim got a 15, so Joe, it's your choice. Uh, um, I'm going to defer. So since you guys tied, you're going to have to re-roll. All right, fine. (laughs) It's a 12. All right. That's a 19, so it's your choice. Um... Well, you go ahead. All right. Episode 9 of Yo MTG Taps. This is Big Head Joe, one of your hosts. And uh, Joey Pasco. we got Joey Pasco here, and we've got our guest co-host today, Tim. Hi, everybody. That's Tim right there. Uh, you may remember Tim from uh, receiving the Merry Christmas Bane Slayer Angel, for those of you who uh, stalk us. Um, <laughs> today we're going to go over a couple of things. Most... Uh, I'm going to be walking around a little bit to and from the computer, so like my voice is louder than everyone else's, so it'll pick up no matter where I am. It certainly will. Yes. <laughs> I can see it picking up more than mine is, and you're, <laughs> you're, the microphone's not even facing I've got my back to you. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think the biggest headline right now is the uh, World Wake spoilers, which started, they started last week, like officially, but the... Uh, the official spoilers on the Wizards website kind of just started this morning. It's uh, it's Monday, um, Monday, January 18th, and uh, yeah, we got some spoilers on the main site this morning. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the cards, or maybe all of the cards, kind of, you know, at least a little um, of what we've seen so far. Last week, we actually were given five of the pulled spoilers. Um, which pulled spoilers are the cards that they kind of give to multiple websites. And we weren't allowed to post them until midnight on Friday night, uh, or Thursday night going into Friday, January 15th. They said we couldn't post them until midnight. And then they went ahead and spoiled four of the five on their own on, like, Wednesday. So uh, it kind of defeated the purpose. But luckily, it was just a mix-up. They sent us four new ones. I mean, pretty much everybody that received them just posted them up on Friday uh, at you know at midnight and yeah, pretty much everybody posted them at midnight. Yeah, there, there was another <laughs> mix-up. Yeah, another mix-up. The Starkington Post accidentally posted theirs about 20 minutes earlier, but uh, all it took was that one that one site to get them. Somebody grabbed them, put them up on MTG Salvation, and everybody knew them by midnight when everybody when the other uh, people who who followed the rules actually uh, posted them. So it was old news by midnight. But, I, you know, I, I felt like it didn't make too much of a difference no. just because everybody got them. And like I said to you, I'm like, I know they're on your blog, and I even have them in my email, but I'm going to look at them on my Google Reader anyway. 
Right, so you, it wasn't even like you were looking at them on a specific website. You right, I'm just looking at the MTG Salvation spoiler As feed. soon as one person posted them at 12.01, every single person would have known about them anyway, so exactly. right. 20 yeah. minutes didn't really make that much of a difference. Right. So, so I didn't feel too, I mean, I could have posted them on my blog too, but I didn't feel that special. Right. Plus I had my little blog about dating on there, so. That's true, do you want to mention that? Like yeah, sure. Um, I did a blog recently, um, it's a little epic, it's about 3,100 words um, about dating and magic, basically about dating people who do not play magic. Um, there were just some things that I had been hearing, um, I had talked to someone who will remain nameless in case of incriminating him, um, I was talking about my dating profile online and about how I ma mentioned magic all through my dating profile. And he was like, I can't believe you would mention magic on your dating profile. Like, I don't tell any girls that I'm dating that I play magic. I was like, why would you not tell someone who you're dating what you do with your spare time? Doesn't that, that just seems a little sneaky to me. It's, it's, there's no, really no reason to hide something like that from somebody who you expect to have a relationship with. And I think that's the main thing. Like, if you want to have a uh, you know, one night kind of fling. Sure, don't mention magic. That's right. fine. But I mean, if you're actually looking for a relationship with somebody, you kind of want to be honest about who you are because you want to you want them to to want to be with you for who you are, not for who you pretend to be or who you pretend not to be, as right. the case may be. Um, but of course, you know, I have a history of uh, mentioning my interests to a fault. I remember uh, talking politics while I was getting a lap dance once, <laughs> but that's okay. So uh, you want to go into the spoilers? Well, uh, I wanted to first, before we get into the spoilers, I really want to talk about Grand Prix Baltimore, or what was yeah, Grand that, Prix that's Baltimore, a good call. Yeah. because we're, we're a little upset, frankly. We feel a little disrespected here in uh, good old city of Baltimore. I mean, we're used to being passed over from D.C. to Philly, but we're not used to having something than having it taken away. Well, right. we had the Colts, but anyway, that's a whole <laughs> other... Um... No, I was just referring to bands yeah, and many, many concerts, other things yeah. that go straight from D.C. to Philadelphia. Right. right. I, I can deal with that, but then, like, going Baltimore, then, like, uh, never mind, D.C.'s better. Yeah, for the record, it's not. So we had a Grand Prix for a couple months, and we were really excited. Right, you know? yeah, a couple months ago, Wizards announced the Grand Prix schedule for 2010, and um, one of the sites was Grand Prix Baltimore, as we mentioned on whatever episode number it was. You know, we mentioned it. Uh, I posted it on my blog. We were really excited. I mean, to be it. honest, Grand Prix Baltimore doesn't have a great ring to it, but it still would have been nice. Yeah, it would have been damn nice. I mean, it's about time, you know? We had Nationals a couple times, but it was cool to, like have like a Grand Prix. It, it, it would have been a lot of fun. And I mean, we're, it's not like we're not going to go, you know, I mean, it's not like we're not going to go. We're still going to show up. We're going to do exactly what we, what we would have done were in Baltimore. We're just going to drive a little further to do it. But we got, you just got to wonder what their logic was in doing that. Is it that they think more people will travel from Baltimore to DC than from DC to Baltimore? Now I actually have an answer to that. And I forgot to tell you about it. So you get to hear it. And of course, that means I didn't tell yeah, you. Yeah, no, I was, I was um, asking the same thing. I was complaining about it a, a bit um, online. And I got um, a message from, um, I'm going to mispronounce his name. Uh, he, he's the writer for Serious Fun on the on the main website. He happens to also be local. He, like, is, I think, uh, some somewhere around D.C. Mm -hmm. um, he, he plays at Dream Wizards. Um, Adam Staborski is okay. his name. Um, he said that Dream Wizards uh, is the TO for Grand Prix DC, 
um, and originally it was posted as Baltimore, but from what he understands, it was confusion regarding what the nearest major city was to the event site. So apparently the site actually didn't change. It was just posted as GP Baltimore because that was what they thought was the closest city, major city, to the event site. Apparently DC is closer to the event site, so they changed it to be called GP DC. So maybe nothing actually changed. The site actually might not have changed. We still haven't been told what the site actually is. Right. But it makes sense to me that Dream Wizards would be the, uh, the tournament organizer for this because they're the biggest tournament organizer in the area. So I guess I can understand that. It was just confusion. But it, the, the thing that bothers me is that nothing was mentioned. Like There wasn't like, hey, update, um, GP Baltimore is actually GP DC. Or, hey, um, what they ended up doing and how I found out is because somebody mentioned, somebody referred to GPDC. And I'm like, Grand Prix DC? Is there a DC too? I'm like, wow, that would be great. So I looked up the original announcement, which was from November, and it said right on there, Grand Prix DC. But Baltimore wasn't there. And it was the same date as Baltimore. And I'm going, wait, what? What happened? And, and they didn't, it's not, it's nothing written on the site like, you know, note we changed this or anything. It's it's almost like they went back and changed it real slyly on their on their original announcement and just made no mention of it. Right. And I feel like that's cheating people. It's it's like basically saying you're too stupid to have noticed. We're gonna go back and change this. Nobody will notice. Nobody's smart enough to have noticed that. You know the nobody knows what Baltimore is anyway. Right. Well, I mean, I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying you got to give your players, you know, give the players credit to notice something like that. Especially the people in the area. I mean, obviously, I noticed it for a reason. Right. Um, because it is my home city. So it's just, I. it's fine that it it was confusion. I understand mix-ups happen and things, and that, that's not even the problem. I have a problem with the fact that they they made no mention of it. They haven't even, they haven't even said anything. It's really been, like, me complaining about it. Trick Jarrett from Man and Nation saw me complaining about it. He posted on Man and Nation saying, hey, update, Grand Prix Baltimore is now Grand Prix DC. You know, so he's spreading the word that Wizards isn't. And like, that seems to be kind of uh, lopsided or, you know, backwards okay. to me. That's I, think, I, think we need a, I think we need a pro tour Baltimore next year to make up for it personally. Yes. I think all the pro tours should be in Baltimore next year to make up Frankly, for it. Frankly, yeah, I think they should have all the pro tours. <laughs> they should add four pro tours. Yes, and have them all in Baltimore. Have them all in Baltimore. That would be nice. Yeah. Right. And then do Worlds um, in, in, in Rosedale. Or Rosedale, Rosedale, that works. Or, yeah. or, 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 or Fullerton. Okay. Because Towson. that's about halfway between no, us. We can do Towson. So we can, so we can get there easier. Yes, Wizards, you are you are specifically catering to three players now. No, but... um. <laughs> So anyway, that's uh, if if you hadn't heard, Grand Prix Baltimore is now Grand Prix DC. That's the real bottom line here. Right, Baltimore's better for the record. Um, so so is, it actually, the, is it actually going to be in DC or like somewhere in? Well, Silver it's Spring probably going to be like Silver Spring, <laughs> yeah. Rockville area, like the pre-releases and stuff that we go to. Yeah, that's likely. I would think they just are going to have it at uh, you know, maybe UMBC, you know, at a college or at a hotel. Something Maybe like that. that awesome little tiny hotel we had it at last time. Yeah, no. yeah that would be pretty terrible. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so um, that's that. Did you? What did you want to go through next? The spoilers or? You're talking about this uh, 5K in Dallas. Do you want to talk about that? We, we can mention that. Um, there actually, since our last episode, actually, we we did mention it really quick. 
uh, at the end of the last episode, but there have been two Star City Games 5K tournaments, uh, standard tournaments. We There was a legacy tournament, or two legacy tournaments as well, but since we're not legacy players, we don't know too much about it. We're just going to talk about the standard stuff, which is our usual topic anyway. Um, so yeah, uh, LSV won the... Uh, the 5K that was in Los Angeles with a red-blue-white deck, uh, red-blue-white control, which is very similar to the kind of red-blue-white control deck that has been going around since Zendikar was released. Um, I think, you know, he just found a good build of it, and it was in the hands of a good player, and uh, he predicted the field well enough to know that he could do well with that deck, so you can attribute his success to that, and obviously he's LSV. <laughs> it's a good... <laughs> Good uh, thing to attribute his success to is who he is. But also there was a oh actually let me let me really quickly mention also in that Star City uh, L A the L A five K that LSV won in the top sixteen <clears throat> I'm just gonna go down the list really quick. Sure. Um, I'm not gonna name the players, but the the top sixteen were uh, blue white red control Jund Eldrazi green Jund blue white red control Jund, Mono Red Aggro, Grixis Control, Jund, 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 Mono Red Aggro, and Vampires. Nine Jund decks in the top 16. That didn't win. I, I don't really care that it didn't win. It's, it's ridiculous that it's there, <laughs> that it's that many decks. Uh, you know, it still is a huge part of the game. I, I, just the win, I don't think is necessarily everything, because there's so many things that can go No, no Jacerator in there? Or? No Jacerator. Um, it was basically all aggro decks, besides a Grixis deck and two um, blue-white-red control decks. There was Eldrazi Green, John Mono-Red Aggro, and Vampires. Here's something that me and Gary were talking about the other day. Mm -hmm. Jacerator was created, in a way, as an answer to Jund, right? Yeah, I Am I so. right in th I saying mean, that? It was I'm sure it was it definitely had Jund in mind right. when it was designed. So, and I, and I hate to help Jund players out ever. I like to help them get down the stairs faster when I push them. But um, <laughs> why doesn't Jund run Dragon Appeasement in the sideboard against Jacerator? If Jacerator is made to stop Jund, Dragon Appeasement would stop Jacerator. You know what it does, right? I don't. If, I know. <laughs> nobody does. It's such a bad card. Well, that's why they don't run, because they haven't noticed. A Nobody's green, reading. a black, a red, and three. It's okay. an enchantment. So it costs six, and it's an enchantment. Skip your draw step. Whenever you would... When you sacrifice a creature, you may draw a card. I mean, skip your draw step. Yeah, I mean, that's... that's you just let them awfully, deck themselves out. Like, yeah, that's fine, but I feel like that's an awfully expensive answer that really doesn't... But you're getting to turn six, and you're not going to be able to swing with that broodmate dragon, because they're just going to fog it every time. So why don't you just take out the broodmates, put in dragon appeasement, and just, okay, go, 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 you're dead, because you decked yourself. Right, but... Uh, I mean, like, you, Jace well, getting, getting you do have to stop Jace's ultimate. That's the one thing you need to really worry well, about. Well, Archive Trap also, and then you still need to find a way to get through the fogs, which... And you don't. Well, he's saying let them deck themselves. Let them deck themselves because they're going to be so... Draw step. Yeah, because they're going to be so far behind in terms of, like, deck size... I thought I thought it was an interesting strategy. I just think it's it's might be it's interesting, but it's not actually. I feel like it's not effective at all. It's, it's expensive. It really doesn't do anything for you because uh, you're not basically you're just relying entirely on this one card to do it, and all it takes is their you know an into the royal for them to just bounce it or something 
when it matters and then they mill you out in one turn. They, yeah. You know, I'm just saying that... It's just, it was just an idea. It was just something that, like, I thought was cool that, like, you know, I wanted to bring up. Uh, like, yeah. I don't think anyone's thought of it. I guess I haven't been... I haven't been playing Jump, so I haven't really uh, given it much thought, to be honest. And I haven't been playing Jace Raider either, so I haven't been trying to play around Dragon Appeasement. Nobody's been playing Dragon <laughs> Appeasement, so you have nothing to worry about there. But, I mean... And I, again, I don't know what Jacerator runs, but Into the Royal seems like a decent answer, like a catch-all. So I wouldn't be surprised that Into the Royal was in at least some people's sideboards, if not main decks, for Jacerator. Um, so, uh, I mean, even against something like Luminarch Ascension. Although, I, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to play against Luminarch Ascension yeah, either. Though if you're going to let somebody deck themselves, even three to four cards a turn... Maybe, you know, they're drawing three to four off uh, Howling Minor Turn. That's still a long time. Oh, but they're also running Fauna Mythos and stuff like that. Right. So, like, so it's more like six or seven cards a turn. Well, I mean, they see that, and they can just not play their Howling Minds in front of the next game. It's true. It's true. But I, I don't know. It was, it, was, it was something that I looked at, and I was like, hey, that's something I don't think anyone's thought of. Right. Uh, uh, that's definitely true. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if anybody, or if they, they haven't given it much thought anyway. If they thought of it, they probably discounted it. And I, I personally, I don't think that's what I would do either. If I was playing Jund, I'd kill myself first. Then, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but well, you played Jund when it was five color blood. Yes, I did. When there was played, a fifth color, it was okay. Right. But well, they took blue out, so now nobody. Do you remember? I, I, that was partly true, yeah. You know, I was thinking about this. Do you remember before. Lorwyn rotated. Mm -hmm. I was like obsessing over building a Jund tokens deck. I remember that. Yeah. You remember that? I was like Jund tokens, Jund tokens, Jund tokens. Gotta get my sprouting thrine axes and stuff, and and like all this stuff. And then I see, and then Jund happens, and it was like kind of what I was thinking. I was like, wow, that's kind of neat. Like, right. I mean, obviously nobody got the idea from me, <laughs> but like I was, I was, I was having parallel thoughts about Jund being in right. like, a it, strong deck. I mean, it, it was, was. Because here's the thing. It was five-colored blood, as Chapin designed it, and then people started cutting blue. Right. And I think people well, started then, cutting Then Crypto Commander rotated out, and once that rotated out, it just a lot left. of people lost... Blue lost a lot of power with that leaving. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think for me, it's it's not that I dislike Jund... It's that I dislike being sick of the same, seeing the same deck. It's like seeing the Patriots win the damn Super Bowl every year, or the Colts being good every year. Or wait, that's exactly what the NFL is like. And I can't stand that the same teams are always good. It's irritating. So it's the same kind of thing with, with John being yeah, constantly. I mean, at being least it doesn't always win. No, no, it's not. It's how much of it is there. It's not necessarily how much of it is in the top two tables. It's how many John decks are in. The tournament, when, you know, you go in a tournament and one out of every three decks is Jund, that's like, come on. Like, I want, I want to play Magic, not just against Jund all the time. That, you know, this is something that's just been kind of on my mind for a while, because I run tournaments, and I like to keep them fairly casual. You know, I like to keep them casual, but at the same time, you can't avoid, like, somebody showing up with a Tier 1 deck. You can't. You can't, like, tell someone they can't play in your tournament because they're playing a good deck, because that's just, frankly to me, that's stupid. Yeah. But at the same time, how do you run... Okay, F&M, for instance, right? F&M at Legends. Keith, you know, he has his red-green Eldrazi build that he has, uh -huh. and he made it to the top eight, and he was really excited, and then he lost in the top eight at an F&M to Judd. Right. I mean, yes, it sucks to, like 
lose to a tier one deck in a top eight at an F and M. You can't tell that person they can't. You can't tell them what deck to play. Of course, I mean not. everybody has the same card pool. It's such a yeah. Well, no, it's, no, it's true. That's the problem. Everybody has the same card pool, and when the best cards are clearly all building towards one deck, or or the best deck is so clear and so obvious that so many people are playing it, that's when it's it's stale. That's when that's what the problem is. If you take Jund out of the equation, just for example, there's a whole there's kind of a decent amount of a decent mix of decks. I mean there's there's not clearly one that's better than the rest. I mean, there's vampires, there's elves, there's uh, Grixis control, red, white, blue control, um, mono, red. You know what I mean? And none of those decks, I can't tell you, like, any of those decks is so much better than any of the rest. Right. It's just John, the only one that's got his head above water. Well, see, well, well, my, well my real question is, mm-hmm. how do you keep the casual player who comes with their own deck and who top eights with it and then loses to Jund at the casual, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. Friday Night Magic event, how do you keep that player from being discouraged and not coming back to your event? You it's, know what I mean? Right, it's like, not your job to do that. It's Wizard's job to balance the cards in a way that, that, that something like Jund is under control. And Jund is just the current big deck, of course. Right. The, the other problem with Jund is that so many of the cards are like uncommons and commons. So it's really, it's fairly cheap to build. You know what I mean? I mean, Broodmate Dragon is a rare, but I mean, how much is a Broodmate Dragon? Actually, they're at six now. Six now. Six now. It's like the highest they've been, isn't it? Right. I mean, they were like two bucks for a year, so... They might be be actually close to seven or eight. Okay, that's still cheap. Because when you consider people running Baneslayers, that are $55. So... You can build an entire Jun deck, pretty much. I mean, except for maybe the fetch lands. And the pulses. And the pulses. But, I mean, essentially, comparatively, it's got so many cheap cards. It's a cheap deck, and it's the best deck, so that already is a perfect storm of... I don't get this whole best deck. How but, many, I mean, I mean I, and, and I know this has been the big debate, mm-hmm. like, between people, like, talking about Jund. Mm-hmm. Like, how many... I mean, it hasn't really won that many, like, big events. It makes... It gets you to the top tables, you know what I mean? But then, like, it seems like there are decks beating it consistently in every top eight. Right. You know, so, like, how is it really the best deck if it's not consistently winning events? I mean, yes, if you're at the top eight or top 16 at, like, a Pro Tour or a Grand Prix, yes, you're making money. Mm -hmm. You know, so, like, it's, like, the people who want to make some money, who cares? You know, they're going to play those decks and make some money, but it's not really winning that many events. Right, well, uh, there's a lot more factors than just the 60 or 75 cards there. There's there's luck, there's the player, you know, there's... You could have LSV being one of the best players in the world running John and do terrible because, and he, you know, because he feels sick that day and isn't thinking clearly or, you know, or getting a bad run of luck or just losing to another Jund deck, you know, like, just because it's the best deck doesn't mean it necessarily wins everything, but it's, it's, the problem is the sheer presence of it. When, when people say it's dominant, it doesn't necessarily mean it's winning, it's number one, it just means that it's of the field, like, I, I don't know how many Jund decks were at the start of this particular tournament, but you can pretty much look at the percentage of Jund decks for starting at the beginning, a lot of those are going to get to the end. Like you said, it's going to get you to the top tables. That's enough. You don't have to be a great player to get to the top tables with it because the deck plays itself. Right. 
But don't most aggro decks play themselves, though? Yeah, they do. A lot of aggro decks play themselves, but a lot of aggro decks, uh, their problem is running out of gas, and Jun doesn't. It, you know, the it's kind of like they want to balance things where one particular strategy has its weaknesses and its strengths, and aggro decks are super fast, but they also blow, you know, they they blow their wad right away. It's just like bam, 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 and if you're not you dead, it's mana base, it's weakness because everything's. Right, more well, than one color. And that's exactly, you have to find a weakness in something. So yeah, John does have a weakness in its mana base. And that is its weakness. Um, and, but, and that's something that people have only recently started combating over the past like two months maybe. Um, right. With things like spreading seas. But I mean really, spreading seas. People are playing Convincing Mirage and spreading seas. Like that's how uh, dominant this deck is that people are playing these cards that really aren't they really, I don't think they'd be played in any other format, like in serious tournament standard, serious standard tournaments. You know, they wouldn't be, uh, they wouldn't be good cards. But right now, they're good just because of this deck that has a, uh, its only weakness being its mana base. But aside from that, what I'm trying to say, what I was saying before was, aggro decks' weakness was that they run out of gas fast. Um, control decks' weakness is that they they can they have a long time they take a long time to set up or uh, to get control of the game so they can be easily beaten in the early stages of the game if they don't have the right mix of cards so it's like you know the the aggro deck strategy is weak in the late game but strong in the early game which is the opposite of the control deck so you have this balance where there's some sort of weakness but the problem with Jund it's not even necessarily so aggro every card does so much every card is worth more than a card it's like there's you know Bloodbraid Elf isn't just a 3-2 haste that 3-2 haste for 4 is not very impressive but the fact that it's a 3-2 haste plus a 3-3 uh, that when it dies makes 3-1-1s it's like come on or it's a 3-2 haste that makes your opponent lose three life and discard two cards and then swings in. You know, it's, it's these kind of things that make it very, very strong. Since we have Tim here, I want Tim to uh, talk about the uh, analogy that he made concerning Jund fairly recently to myself. I think it's a really funny point, and I think it's kind of hilarious. Well, like, if I was comparing Jun to anything, I would compare it to uh, Two and a Half Men with uh, Charlie Sheen and um, what's that guy from uh, Sixteen Candles or whatever? Oh, God, I don't know. Is I don't know. Judd Nelson? Is it? No. I don't know. I can't remember. Oh, Amelia. Well, no, I don't know. Who else is in that <laughs> Molly Ringwald? <laughs> oh, Molly Ringwald and Two and a Half Men? <laughs> I might have the wrong movie. <laughs> I'm going to pull it up while you're talking. Wait, I'm thinking, when you said 16 Candles, I thought of The Breakfast Club. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, isn't that the same movie? Like, one was a sequel to the other? I don't, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> but, um, I, you never read anything good about it. it. It's easy to get into. Kids like it. You don't have to think about it too much. And it's just, it's just kind of there forever, for some reason. <laughs> That's not, not exactly what I wanted to say. <laughs> But I would say, like, Jund is two and a half men, and Control is Arrested Development currently. Not, you know, not historically, but right now, all you read is about, you know, people wanting to play Control, wanting Control to be better. For whatever reason, it's just not there. And then, you know, it's hard to read anything positive about Jund, but it's still showing up in top eights. Oh, it's not a bad deck at all. By any means, that's the problem, is it is a good deck. 
and it's uh, the. I think the problem is Jund is a good deck. It's a fantastic deck. It. Um, it's just it's, too much of the tournament field. Are you right. Well, and not even that. It's Jund is. Uh, not as skill intensive. I no, guess, I think. Well, that could be it too. And I think I had a thought, but it's very fleeting, and I, I kind of missed it. Hold on. While you're thinking, John Cryer, and he was from the movie Pretty in Pink. Oh, there okay. <laughs> they both have Molly Ringwald. Okay. Yeah, Molly Ringwald <laughs> was in everything in the '80s, except for Back to the Future. Unfortunately, she was in those Max Head. She was Max Headroom. Uh, she was Ronald McDonald. Um, only from '87 to '89, though. And then, um, uh, what's her face? Eddie Brickwell from Eddie Brickwell and the New Bohemians. She's been Ronald McDonald ever since. I don't want to sound stupid, but are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> well, like specifically, what's what's the, what's its problem? Right, and that's what I, I had something, and I can't remember what it is. All the clans come in to play Taft. No, no, no. Why people have a problem with John? Oh, because. See, I'm trying to remember what you were the saying. Lack you were saying of, about Arrested Development. The lack of viable control decks and, and the lack of viable blue cards mm -hmm. that allowed Jun to become so prominent, um, I think that people don't like the fact that there isn't an answer to it that is as easy to come by as there was with like you know something like fairies. And I, maybe it may, like there were answers for fairies. But anyway. Um, yeah, I don't... No, there weren't too many answers for fairies. But what, I, what I'm trying to say is that there's a little bit more disdain for the nerfing of blue than there was back when fairies was around, because it was at least, like, at least there was fairies, and there were aggro decks, and there were other sort of decks. Right. Whereas, like, the fact that control strategies have been crippled by a lack of, like, good blue cards right. uh, kind of allows Jund to run around unchecked. Right. And I think that might be why there's such anger about it. Because at least, like, when there was fairies, there were answers in all colors. I mean, like, or at least there were other strategies you could play that could at least counter that strategy. Yeah. You know, whereas, like, there's no direct answer. There's no, like, there's no polar opposite yeah, to Jund. Right, and and that's pretty kind of I think what I was thinking is is, is it's uh it's such a dominant strategy, and at the same time there's not many other strategies for people who don't want to play a deck like that that are going to be able to even compete with it. I think a healthy metagame, like define a healthy metagame. I think there needs to be multiple decks making up reasonably even percentages of the format, and not one deck that makes up more than twenty percent. Of the format. So even if there's five tier one decks, or whatever you want to call it, that are all roughly evenly matched, that's fine. Not five decks that are roughly evenly matched, and then one that's better, that's in most cases better than the rest of the decks. So that, uh, you know, if you take five Jun decks and put them against the five other decks, you know, one of each of the other decks, what's the end result going to be? Probably three at least of the Jun decks are going to continue. And that's just me spouting. But, you know, that's theory. I can't back that up. All I'm saying is that it's, to me, that's what it seems like. It's not healthy when, and it's not fun when you're constantly playing against the same deck. Right. That, and that's all. It's just stale. That's It seems stale. Well, I think as long as it's not winning everything, it's still being kind of kept in check. It right. doesn't seem like it's running, running away with everything. 
I don't have the problem with it winning. If if the top sixteen, you know, had two jumped, two of two of every deck and jumped one, I wouldn't have enough, um, as much of a problem as the top sixteen having nine jumped, all that came in eighth place through sixteenth place. Because it's like Jesus. That means these, this deck is what people have to keep playing against all day. Like I want to play different games. It's this is you know fun. I'm trying to have fun, and I don't want to. You know, I just played you, played John. Okay, fine, I beat you. Now I'm playing Tim. He's playing John. Come on, I got to do this again. Like, let me play something more fun. I want variety. It's I don't want to see the same deck constantly. Yeah, but you were complaining about variety when you were playing fairies. I wasn't playing against fairies that often. I guess I was somewhat, but you're right. I wasn't complaining about variety when I was playing fairies. But I am now. <laughs> fairies, <laughs> fairies, fairies took up, you know, apparent, according to the numbers, 20% of the metagame. Jump right. takes up 33 or 34. So right. I mean, no, it was, just, no, it was less of a problem. But I'm just saying, like, that was the dominant deck and you were playing it before. Right, and I was playing it before Bitter Blossom, too. It was a strategy I loved. It was the it, kind of cards I liked to no, play. I know, so I know, I know. I'm not faulting players who... And I'm not faulting you for playing fairies. Right, right, make right, sure right. you know that. right. I'm saying I, I didn't know pick that's that, right up your alley. Right. You know? I didn't pick that strategy because it was the dominant deck. I picked that strategy because in you know August 2007, and they, we start seeing spoilers. I'm like, ooh, this deck, you know, these creatures have flash. This is cool. I want to play with a counter counter spell strategy and be able to play my creatures with flash. And that that was what I did. That's when I mean, you know, I was playing it at Legends and you know splitting in the top two before Morning Tide ever came out. I was playing fairies, you know, and so were some other people playing fairies. It doesn't necessarily mean, uh, you know, Bitter Blossom is what put it over the top. Right. But I was playing that because that was the kind of thing I loved, and that's and that's fine for anybody that likes playing. You know, and I played Jung too in the summer. I did. I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I played Five Color Blood, and I tried it without Cryptic Command because it seemed inconsistent because I it was a lot of mana issues, and I did play it for a while, but. I think if I was playing any deck, I guess the thing is, when I was playing fairies, I was mostly playing against you guys who weren't playing fairies. So I wasn't seeing fairies. I wasn't sick of fairies because I was the only one playing it besides a few other people here and there. Right. It seemed like it was just did not seem as everywhere to me. And also maybe I wasn't um, as in tune with tournaments, even you know as recently as 2007, as I am now seeing how much John is around. So. Right. So we've taken we've taken a bit of a tangent here. Yeah, that was um, that was so, intentional. All right, so we're gonna take a quick commercial break, and then we'll be right back to discuss the other 5K and a couple other topics of interest before we get into talking about the World Wake spoilers. What's new with dicks? Dicks are now 30% wider. It's so big I can barely fit in my mouth. That's right. Dick Cigarettes is introducing the widest dicks ever. Big fat dicks. I really clamber in there. We thought we had dicks rock solid before, but people kept demanding bigger dicks. We hope big fat dicks will satisfy this demand. Dick cigarettes. Suck on the dicks. And we're back. So, we went off on a bit of a tangent about Jund, right? Right, right, because of the other uh, Star City 5K that uh, LSD won. But th we did want to mention the uh, 5K in Dallas on January 9th, which was won by Eric Palmerduka, who was playing vampires. Eric is 14 years old, which is... Pretty impressive for a 14-year-old to be winning a, a major tournament like this. Um, oddly enough, the next day at the Legacy Tournament, the top two, one of the top two players was 14 years old also. Really? And he probably should have won. I, I don't know. I guess you hadn't heard about this. 
he lost due to like technicalities because he had three warnings in the same match for the same thing and it caused it cost them a game. It was a game loss. It was upgraded to a game oh, loss man. and he lost. What it was was he had he was playing um and, and like I said, I don't know legacy decks, but he was playing Glacial Glacial Chasm, which has a cumulative upkeep of like two life, but he had Zurin Orb in play, so he would uh he would have that so creatures his creatures couldn't attack, and I think all damage dealt to him was reduced to zero, but the cumulative upkeep was two life. So he would obviously just sack it sack it to Zurin Orb and then just uh he would get it back with like I don't know, he was playing a deck to get his lands back. I can't even remember what cards he was using. But the important thing is he had Glacial Chasm in play, and he kept declaring attacks with his lands. And his creatures can't attack. So he would, like, declare attacks, and they would say... I, I think I don't know if... Uh, I didn't watch the match. I only saw a little clip of the end. But he, um, you know, they were both letting it happen, and they kept getting warnings, I guess. But he, for whatever reason... He had three of the same warnings. I don't even know if it was just during the same match. It might have just been during the same tournament. I think that's probably more likely. Mm -hmm. But you could hear the uh, the commentator saying, "Oh God, is he going to do this? He don't attack, don't attack." You know, like they're going, "Oh no, oh no," because they knew if he did it, it was going to be. I guess they knew it was going to be a game loss, and it was a game loss, and that cost them the tournament. Oh. So the that would have been another 14-year-old who had won, because from what I understand, the, the matchup was terrible for the other player. I think the the other winner was Tom Ross, although I don't have that written in front of me. I feel like his last name was Ross, for sure. But um, it was just one on a technicality, which has got to feel really weird as the winner, and it's got to be like heartbreaking. All right, yeah, yeah. well, yeah. <laughs> like I, he even says, like he's sitting there because the kid gets up because I'm and he's frustrated. He's probably upset. I mean, being 14 years old, I think he probably isn't as in control of his emotions even as you know some older players. So I mean, he's he's probably really upset. He just got up and walked away. And the other player's like, um, should I pick up my cards? Like, he didn't, <laughs> is this it? Like, he's sitting there like, do I move my stuff? I'll have to send you a link. Hmm. Maybe I'll post it in the show notes, too. Um, it's on uh, it's on YouTube, uh, on uh, GGS Live, which is Good Games Live. Uh, have you heard about them? No. They're basically um, a group that gets together and, and shoots big tournaments, so like the Star City Games 5Ks. And they it's a live feed, so you can watch like the top eight and things like that of these major tournaments oh, that aren't awesome. anything that's not a, a pro tour that Wizards does that for. But they do it for yeah. any big tournaments like that. So I Oh, mean, man, that's I really guess, cool. They do, like, PTQs and stuff? Or? Not PTQs, but they'll do, like, the 5Ks and, I think, Grand Prix, things like that. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a neat thing. And they, um, you know, they have the archives on their site, so you can go watch, go back and watch. So it's pretty neat. Like, I think that's, that's great. That's, I mean, it's a fantastic idea, which I'm sure tons of people thought, wouldn't it be great if... Yeah, but make, they actually did it, so... That's yeah, really make sure you link to them in our show notes so I can go okay. watch it. I want to say one more thing go before ahead. we um, before we go into the World Wake stuff. Was there any specific topics you wanted to talk about before we actually go into the World Wake spoilers? Not really. I mean, okay. Um, because I want to talk about one more topic. Okay. Um, Mike Flores just posted a podcast... Um, on top8magic.com. I'm, I'm guessing it's also on um, MTG it, Cast. As of this morning, it hasn't been up yet. Really? Okay. Looked, well, anyway, I think that every it. person who listens to our podcast needs to do themselves a favor and go over to top8magic.com as soon as this podcast is over. I was going to say pause it, but no, listen, li listen, listen to the rest of what we have to say. <laughs> and then 
go over to top8magic.com and download Victory Bacon. You yeah. will be very well served to listen to Victory Bacon. I've listened to it about five times um, in its entirety. I would have listened to it probably six or seven by now, but I left my podcast at my friend's house. You mean your iPod? My iPodcast. <laughs> um, my, yes. And, uh... Crap, I dropped my podcast. I dropped my podcast. Um, Someone stole my pants pocket. No, but, um... <laughs> no, but, yeah, it's, it's it, Mike Flores and, and Will Price and Kelly Reed of Quiet Speculation basically talking about, uh... Mike's kind of new theory, which he is calling his grand unified theory of magic, where he says that the only metric, metric that matters is how you're consuming your mana in the most efficient way possible. Yep. Um, and... I can't do it any justice describing it here. Just go listen to the podcast. I'm also saying this on the podcast because I know Mike listens. I sent you a private message on Twitter asking you for an interview for our podcast about the um, Victory Bacon. Well, more about the Grand Unified Theory, but I do love the name Victory Bacon. <laughs> so I'm going to say Victory Bacon as many times as I can on this podcast. And if there was like a, if this was a video podcast and there was like a little like number ticker in the corner, it, count it. Victory Bacon would go up to about six right now. Or maybe if I maybe I've said Victory Bacon eight times. Yeah. But we want to interview you and kind of grill you a little bit about this and ask you a few more questions that we've had about it. So get in touch with us, uh, yoMTGtaps at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter. Mike, this is a direct, this is a direct uh, <laughs> shout, call, out shout out to you. We want, we want to talk to you about this more. So uh, let us know if you're free and um, if we can get together and, and not get together, but if we can get you on the phone or something and discuss this with you, that would be a lot of fun and I think it would be good. And I think that people need to be listening to what you're saying because it's really important. Um, so anyway. Did you want to mention um, Pat Chapin's theory of everything, which I That's think, true, too. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, uh, I'll just go ahead and I, I'm not going to go into it too much, partly because I read the article in the middle of the night, kind of, and don't remember everything. I have to reread it. Right. But um, in whatever odd coincidence you want to say, Pat Chapin posted an article called His Theory of Everything. Um, it's on Star City Games Premium, which you should have. If you don't have it, then you can't read this article. But he uh, he goes to kind of describe his ideas for sort of a grand unified theory of his own. It's not exactly like Mike Flores's theory, but you can see people are thinking along the same lines. People are thinking big right yeah, now. Yeah, very big. So um, definitely, if you've got Star City Premium and you haven't read Chapin's article, uh, definitely check that out. That's that's I think just as important to read and keep in mind, um, and it just it really will change the way you think about building decks and which decks you play and even which plays you make during a game. In my dream world, in my fantasy land, I would like to have Pat Chapin and Mike Flores on the podcast together, or even not screw us yeah. doing something <laughs> just the two of them like debating these two theories. I just yeah. want to hear what they would say to each other. Like in terms of like comparing the two theories, I think it's really I think they're both very interesting theories. Right, and they're working towards the same exact thing. I think that's exactly they're kind of both you know two sides of the same coin kind of thing. This you know this idea. Um, but I would least, love to hear like what they oh, would say. Oh yeah, I would love to hear a discussion there. So um, check it out. We're gonna take a quick commercial break, and then we'll be back to discuss the World Week spoilers that have come out so far. So stay tuned.
Tired of dicks making empty promises they can't keep? Don't lose hope. Learn how to get off the dicks for good. Visit www.stopsuckingdicks.com to learn more. Hear testimonials from real dick smokers about how they got hooked on dicks and found the strength to quit. Stories like Beth from Montana's. I started on dicks at a young age. I thought I could just smoke two or three dicks a day and not get addicted. Before long I was smoking 20, 30, sometimes as many as 37 dicks a day. That's a lot of dicks. StopSuckingDicks.com showed me that, while I still think about dicks all day, there are other things I can do that are cheaper and healthier than all those dicks. What do you do now? Cocaine. To learn more, visit www.StopSuckingDicks.com.